said unto Abram after that lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. And I want you to pay special attention that this did not happen, this did not happen, this little event in Abraham's life did not occur until Lot was separated from him. And so I would like to talk to you tonight on this thought. Is there a lot in your life? That's pretty good one there, Clever. Yeah. All right. And I know it's kind of a, what do they call it? Oxymoron, whatever, but but I, but I, I want to uh, I want to talk to you. How many, how many have a lot going on in their life? Oh, yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah. Sure. How many? Come on. How many have a lot going on? Any young people? Let me ask young people tonight. Starting off, what when we say lot, the character in the Bible that we're going to be talking about, what do you remember about lot? Anybody? Come on, young people. No? Do you remember any Bible stories about Lot? Yes? Nobody, huh? What? What? All right, then. We'll pick on a little bit older people. First thing that comes to your mind when the when the character Lot is mentioned, what's the first thing coming? His wife. His wife. Yeah. What about his wife? Remember, Mary. Jesus said, "Remember Lot's wife." So, in other words, he had a problem. It didn't originate from Abraham. It originated. Amen. Uh, in the place where he chose to live. Anyway, so there there are three areas that that really uh, I would like to talk to us about tonight. And uh, what my my focus really is three areas that hinder us from seeing or going to the place or getting to that place that God wants us to get to, okay? So, one is a lot of stuff, okay? A lot of stuff. Too much stuff in our lives. Number two, a lot of strife. Something that causes division. And then the third place I want... And all of these really are included in our story here. But then, a vacant lot. Okay? A place that God wants to fill. And so, let, let's look at it. And 
And uh, do you, does anybody remember when Saul, the first king of Israel, he has been anointed by Samuel. His day of inauguration comes up and they look around and nobody can find Saul. And scripture that's always just really jumped out at me in, in this is, what does it say? They looked for him and, and where was he? He was hiding in the stump. Now, when you're a head and shoulders above every, the Bible says he was a head and shoulder above the rest of the men in Israel. So he was a big guy, right? Kind of hide, kind of hard to hide out in the stuff. But what it was, it, it means that uh, from what I, I have read, he was hiding out in a bunch of baggage. He was hiding out in a bunch of stuff. And, and that is so true. Now we're going to go into Abraham. Abraham had a calling. And there were some things that got in his road. And there were some things that, that got in his way. There was, and that, that listen, there is a lot of stuff that gets or tries to get into our lives that causes us to be distracted. The Bible says, seek ye first. And what? And everything else is Everything else comes down, amen, from our from our, what should be our focus point. So Abraham, listen to this. Now, you know, a lot of times we read these stories in the Bible and we think, well, they just, you know, they they walked across the bridge or something, you know, to get to where they were going. But Abraham has walked as far as he could see. Abraham is 1,400 miles into his journey to the land of Canaan. 1,400 miles. He got sidetracked going down into Egypt because of a famine. That was a 500-mile distraction. Because... He was never supposed to go down in there. If you read the uh, story of Isaac, Isaac was faced with the same dilemma, only Isaac stayed right where he was, and the Bible, God told him, he says, Isaac, you stay here. And in the midst of the famine, Isaac planted his crops, and God blessed him how much? A hundredfold. A hundredfold. In other words, Isaac sowed, even though there was a famine in the land, and even though the neighbor's crops were failing, God blessed him a hundredfold. Now, somebody tell me how much a hundredfold is. Brother Jeff, you're a money man. How much is that? If I give you a hundred dollars, what's a hundredfold? Mark? Another way to look at it, although I don't have that answer, is that a hundredfold, if you're talking about wheat, nowadays they get on the really good crop, you got, I think, 135 bushels an acre, so maybe you got like four or five hundred bushels per acre. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And so, 
But what happened initially in Abraham's life, he got sidetracked, and that was a 500-mile trip, 250 each way, when he went into Egypt. And guess what he came out with of Egypt? Hello? What, did, what followed him from Egypt? They got him in trouble. Hagar. He picked up a little baggage. Or we could blame it on Sarah. But he picked up some baggage in Egypt. And he carried it with him. And it got him in trouble. But, but so, so anyway, so Abraham is about 1,400 miles into his journey to the land of Canaan. Got sidetracked. Now he's bogged down between Bethel and a place called Ai. Okay? And uh, let's, let's look at it here. Genesis 12, 4. And uh, Brother Cliff, if you could put that up there. If you could get there, if you could get out all that stuff there and get to Genesis 4. Let's, let's, uh, let's read some of this, okay? says, So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 when he departed out of Haran. Verse number 5. And Abraham took Sarah, so on and so forth, the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And I want to get to the place where it talks about God blessing him and he had all kinds of silver and all kinds of gold. I need a push button, don't I? Maybe, Brother Cliff, maybe it's Genesis 13 and 2. Anyway, the Bible says that Abraham was very rich in cattle, silver, and gold. So God was blessing him. How many of you like silver? How many of you like gold? How many of you got a lot of gold? How many of you got a lot of silver? Okay. And he had a lot of herds and a lot of flocks. How many of you like beef? Anybody got a bunch of cows running around anywhere? So in other words, God was blessing him. God was blessing him. He was... But the problem was, is that the, that material gain, if you will, the blessings of God, they were becoming a problem in his life. They, what, what, what happened was, because of all the, ble- all the silver, all the gold. Now, tell me, in, in today's world, if you have a lot of, you know, a lot of material, if you've got a big bank account, what are some of the things that you have to worry about? Taxes. Okay, well, taxes, but, but what, are, what really, what pushes your button? You're, you're wanting to know, you're, you're calling your money guy, you say, hey, how's the market doing? Right? You, the more money, yeah. You're, you're saying, hey, How's my investments doing? If you have a lot of cattle, 
Okay, what are you doing? You got to hire more help. The guy that was supposed to be doing this job didn't do his job. You fired. And so, watch. Where is Abraham supposed to be getting to? Where? Canaan. He's supposed to get to the land of promise. He's supposed to get to Canaan. He's supposed to get to the place that God called him to. And now what's happening is, is he got sidetracked in Egypt, and now he's bogged down in Bethel. And what's taking place is, his time, they, they, your treasure is your time, your talent. Well, time, talent, and treasure is really where your heart's at. So he's, he's getting bogged down because he's got to take care of everything. He's got to take care of business. That's the natural thing that we do, right? If you if you got a lot of money, then you're concerned with the market. You're concerned with the investments. If you got a big farm or a big orchard, or if you got a big cattle ranch, then you got to take care of it. So so Abraham is he is bogged down with a lot of stuff. That stuff is can be our lot in life. Call it what you will. But stuff can become a hindrance and it can bog us down and he has gone 1,400 miles. Don't give me He's well on his way. But get the distance between where he is there and where God wants him to get to is only 35 more miles. And so, here we are, all right? He's rich in cattle. He's rich in flocks, herds. Bible even says tens. So let me, let me just throw this question out. How is your journey going tonight? How is your walk with God going tonight? How are, where are you from the place God called you from to the place that God wants you to get to? And is there a lot in your life that is hindering you from getting any further because it's you're bogged down in the business of the day, whatever it is. It could be anything. It could be education. It could be you know careers. It could be it could be a lot of things. Well, Jeff? That's why, you know, I was uh, listening to the Word of God and um, Romans and 1 Corinthians as they drive it around. And it's like Paul writes, he says, look, if you don't need a wife, don't take one. <laughs> because you're going to be so busy trying to please her. As you're going to please you're gonna get bogged down is what you're saying, <laughs> but Jeff. And if you're a single Sister Felicia, it's okay, we're recording it. <laughs> You, you don't. You don't need a husband. So it, it's the same thing. It is. And it, it's just. It's just like when Jesus, when he talks about the, the, uh, 
the sower of the seed, right? That the cares of this world come out and choke it out where it can't bring forth fruit. It is, the, all the cares of this life. Yeah, yeah. And see, it, it, it's, it is a, there, there are a lot of things that can hinder us. Yeah. And so let's, let's ask the question, okay? What's in your garage? What's in your closet? And I'm not talking about skeletons, right? I'm just, yeah, we might have a few of those too. Halloween's coming. Okay. Time to empty them out. Halloween, trick or treat, throw them out. But no. But you've heard it. People's garages can sometimes tell a lot about them. And closets. You know? Because, because here's the deal, is that what happened was that the blessings of God that were coming into Abraham's life were actually hindering him at this point in his life from getting to the place that he needed to get to. We get stuck in life sometimes. But Jeff brought up a good point. You know, when how many when when you were I don't know about when I came to God, I was single, right? And from pretty much day one, I was like it was all about God, bringing people to church and so on and so forth. It really didn't change too much, but yet it did change. Because your life now changes and you are assuming the responsibility and the office of a husband and later on a father and you can't neglect the one and be pleasing to God in the other. So you have to wear, you have to do that balancing act. And so, but, but the key here is that God was, remember, Abraham is the father of the faithful. Yes, and the angel doesn't meet him here, okay, when he's 99. He has to get to the land of promise before the promise comes into his life and Sarah gives birth to that promise. It doesn't happen where he's at. He's got to get to that place. And right now he's struggling with, with this stuff that's going on in his life. And here's just a, a couple of things I wrote. That, you know, you, you spend too much time trying to figure out whose is whose. You know, if you're Lot in Abraham, it's like, I need to get to the well before he does. Right? Because my herds are, the cattle are thirsty. I need to find a place and plan the week in advance so my cattle got a place to eat tomorrow. And so he is, he's caught up in this thing. Got to hire more help. So the thing is, is that is there is there a lot 
in your life that you can call by name, whatever it is, too much stuff. Simplify. Cut off the things you don't need. That's, that's really one of the keys to being uh, fulfilled in life is discarding things. In fact, we had, a, we had somebody that was discarding things earlier tonight. Yeah, go. I won't name any names. She's sitting back there somewhere. How many of you, you get, you know, every, every year or so, right? Or every 10 years at least, you look around and say, I got too much stuff. I got to get rid of some of this stuff. Storage units. Huh? Yeah. Storage units. Yeah. Yeah. And then it sits there for 20 years. We only buy, we never sell. I can tell you a story. I won't name names, but I know somebody that has boxes of their grandparents' stuff still stacked in a garage somewhere. And it's been there for how many years, Kathleen? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh, I gave it away, didn't I? <laughs> but you know, but it's true, though, right? I mean, we if you got more than one house, then you got to, oh, boy. Now I got maintenance, I got yard work, I got this. If you got more than one car, oh, man, what car am I going to drive today? <laughs> if you got, you know, if you got too many clothes, you, oh, man, what? I have no idea what I'm going to wear today, right? <laughs> but it's true. It's just, it's a thing I like. It's one of those things. Okay? The second thing. A lot called strife. Okay? And Brother Cliff, you just figure out what scripture to put up there. It's there. It's the one I gave you earlier. But see, the what when all this was going on, right? It caused a lot of strife between Lot and Abraham. What does the word strife mean by definition? Competition. Rivalry. I'm gonna get I gotta get to that well before he does. I gotta have I gotta have I gotta build better tents. I gotta have better cattle to put on the market. I've got to, you know. And so what happened was it caused strife between the two. And here it says, the land is not able to bear them. The land where they were, the place where they were, it is not big enough to hold all of the blessings of God that have came into Abraham's life and Lot is just a beneficiary of the benefits of, of the blessings of God. But here's the deal. Is that God wants to take Abraham to a different place. 
And the only way that this happens, listen, strife, did you, in fact, Galatians talks about strife being one of the works of the flesh. So in other words, anything that causes strife in our lives is not of God. Could I say that and be accurate? It says a strife is one of the works of the flesh in Galatians, the fifth chapter. Why? Because strife causes division. Strife causes jealousy. Strife causes all kinds of bad things to happen. It causes bitterness. Causes people to quarrel. Causes anger. And so, yeah, right there. Strife is listed with some of these things. No. Seriously? In the same, it's in the same scripture as what? Somebody read some of that stuff to me. Which, witchcraft? In the same paragraph, same verse. So in other words, strife is not a good thing. It is very destructive. And it can be in whatever area of your life you can call it by name. Okay? It is bitter conflict. Whatever it is, you might as well call it by its name. Its name is a lot. Is there a lot in your life that causes you to act out of the way that the Bible says that we're supposed to act? Is there something there that causes you to get angry and kick the dog and then kick the door? You kick the dog first and then you kick the door. Some people kick the door and then the dog. Some people don't got no dog. So I don't know what they kick. Right? But you understand, is it whatever it is in your life that causes you strife, you need to deal with it. It needs to be separated from your life. Otherwise, you are going to remain bogged down right there where he is and he's only got 35 miles to go. But he cannot get there until he deals with strife. You know how you deal with strife? Very easy. He, the Bible says that he prayed. Now, the land was not able to bear him. Abraham, in Genesis 13 and 4, okay, he's built an altar. But I, I'm going to say this. Abraham has outgrown his altar and the place he calls home. And so him and Lot cannot dwell together. Verse number 8, here's Abraham's prayer. Let there be no strife. That's a prayer. Whatever, you could call it by name. Whatever that is in your life 
Okay, whatever it is. The Bible tells us we're, we're, to, we're to emulate the fruit of the Spirit. Right? Which is what? Kindness, gentleness, all the good stuff. And we're not supposed to emulate anger, what are, what are some of the good things? I mean the bad things. Jealousy. Jealousy, yeah. That's strife. You've got to call it by name. Yes. Abraham says, I pray, let strife go bye-bye. you got to call it by what, whatever that thing is. Because... Abraham apparently needed help. He needed help. For, so he prayed and he says, God, this thing is a problem and I need you to move it. Well, guess what the problem was? Yeah, COVID. No, the problem was Lot. All right. COVID 2 is coming, man. And 3. And so, and then, the, so Abraham prayed. He said, let there be no strife. And then he prays another. In verse number nine, he says, separate yourself, I pray, between me and you. In other words, God, please take this strife out of my life. And they separated themselves one from another. Strife equals anger, bitterness, blame, selfishness, competition. It's one of the works of the flesh. That Galatians 5.20 says that little thing, and they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So, whatever, you know, a lot of stuff we can have in our life, and there is just that thing called whatever it is that is always, always a part of your character that you have not been able to correct. That makes sense? Yeah, sure. Got you. Now, if we were to say, okay, wives, tell us about the husbands. What is it? Or we say, wives, or vice versa, right? You would probably, oh, yeah, let me tell you something about my wife. Or let me tell you something. I can tell you what you need to correct. Or parents to their children. How many, how many parents have teenage kids? Raise your hand. How many teenagers do we have in the house? Autumn raise her hand, yep. <laughs> but but no, that, that is a serious note because if in fact the Bible includes that little word called strife in the category that we read to you, the same thing as witchcraft and idolatry, that's kind of, and it says, they shall not inherit the kingdom of God. To me, 
That's kind of important. Sure is. A little bit. And so Abraham prayed. He says, I, God, he says, let this thing go by by. And there had to be a separation there. There had to be a separation. Why? Because God needed Abraham to get to a place called Hebron. Bethel, we all know, is the house of God. Hebron is what? The mountain of God. God needs Abraham to get to a higher place, and it's only 35 miles away. And in order for him to get there, he has to separate himself from Lot. Watch. Remember I said? There's another area. It's called the vacant lot. It's a place that only God can fill. It's a vacancy that only God can fill. There's a place there. Nothing else will take it. No amount of, of herds, no number of cattle, no amount of gold, no amount of... It, it, you will, you cannot... The only place that it has to be a God thing, God is the only one that can fill that vacant lot. And so what happens? Lot moves, but now watch what happens. Watch what happens. Soon as there's that separation, in verse number 1, I believe, of, of uh, 14, chapter 14, Lot lifts up his eyes, okay? And he sees the plain of Jordan. Must be 13. He sees the plain of Jordan. So Lot goes, we know, where does he end up? A real nice place. Uh, lovely place. I mean, the Bible describes that the area that it, it it looks like. Bible said it looks like the Garden of Eden. I mean, I don't know about you. That's what it says. It says well watered. There it is. Even as the Garden of the Lord. But now. Watch what happened. So, Lot lifted up his eyes, and then, if you can go to the next verse, Brian. Okay, Lot shows, go ahead. And Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan. Lot dwelled in the cities of Plain, pitched his head toward Sodom. Verse number 13. Okay, 14, I think this is the one. Okay, now here we go. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated from him, he says, Abram, now he says, I want you to lift up your eyes and tell me what you see. No more strife. Now God is able to give Abraham a clear picture. 
of where he wants not only him but where the promise is Amen. he says Abraham he says now I want this is the Lord speaking he says Abraham he says I want you to lift up your eyes from the place you are look north look south look east look west for all the land which thou see he says to you I'm going to give it and to your seed forever that does not happen until there's a separation between Lot and Abraham. 35 miles down the road. God need he he you understand? He's almost there. I believe the church. I'm talking about the church. I think the church, at least North America, we have 35 miles to go and we're bogged down. He's at Bethel, the house of God. But God has to get into Hebron, which is the mountain of God. Hebron is the mountain where Caleb is going to slay the giants. Everything. I mean, I believe that the church in our day, the church of 2020, we're good. We're in the house of God. We're enjoying the blessings of God. Got a, lot of, got a lot of herds going on, man. You know? Got a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. The problem is, is that God said, no, 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 no. When you are bogged down, you got too much stuff, you're spending too much time in maintaining what you have, and I need to get you to a place where you can see what I really want to do in your life. God needed Abraham to get to that place where he, and, and you, you go to the next verse, he didn't just ask him to look and to see it. Okay? Go to the next one, would you, Brian? He says, he says, Abraham, once you see it, he says, I want you to take a walk. All right. And I want you you walk, however far you walk, that's how much I want to give you. With the length, the breadth, he says, you're not, I don't want you to see it. He says, I want you to feel it under your feet that I am going to bless you. And then I think the next person... Here's what it is. Remember I said, you know, and I, I say this in a way I hope you understand, is that I believe that we can outgrow our altars. Understand what I'm saying? Because the Old Testament, they, they built altars from place to place. Okay? And this would be, I think, the third altar that Abraham would build. But 
Here it was. Now Abram removed his tent. He dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebrew, in the mountain of God. And he built there an altar unto the Lord. In other words, now Abraham was building a brand new altar that was based on the future, not only of him, but the future of not only the promised land, but the future of that all families of the earth, one of these days, Abraham, are going to be blessed because of your faithfulness, because you got to the place that I said that I would take you to. No time to get bogged down, church. We got it. How many of you believe that there's a higher place that God wants us to get to? Yeah, yeah. It's more than just the house of God. It's more than just these four. He's trying to get us to a place of promise to get us to a place where we can see clearly what He wants to do. But there has to be there has to be that separation between Lot and your relationship with God. I pray, Lord, take this strife away, whatever that would be. Whatever causes strife in your life, not a good thing. You got to handle it, you got to take care of it. Be careful. When God, when God blesses you, when you become blessed with a lot of cattle and a lot of gold and a lot of silver, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Boy, we enjoy the blessings of God. You bet we do. However, you cannot let them hinder you from getting to the place of your calling. It was the calling that brought you out. It wasn't the silver and gold that brought you out of the world. It was the calling of God. It was the choosing of God that brought you out and put His blessings into your life. Whatever God has blessed you with, you need, we all need to understand that, that it is God's. It's God's. I know, but it's mine. Well, okay. Just saying, it's God's. You need to treat it like it's just a, a resource. It's what it is. It's meant to be a resource. As you stand with us. Take Abraham, he's taking you to higher ground, man. Time to build a new altar. Build an altar to your future. Build an altar to the, that calling of God in your life. Build an altar to that dream, that whatever it is. Build an altar to the future. Don't continue to get bogged down with the same old, same old, same old, same old. Taking care of business. Jesus said, yeah, occupy till I come. But that's taking care of His business. Mm -hmm. That's not taking care of 
of your business. That's taking care of his business. And I'm a son of God. In relationship and inheritance. Which means I inherited my father's business. That means I'm accountable for the success of the business that I inherited. That would be the gospel. That's really the only thing I'm, I'm accountable for. I'm not too much accountable to how much silver I leave in the bank. And, and, no, I'm accountable to his business, the father's business. Good stuff. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Now what do you know about Lot? Anything? No. Anything different? <laughs> He's kind of crazy. Lot was kind of crazy, right? He didn't have very good eyesight. All right, we're going to pray and be dismissed. Appreciate each and every one of you. Really and truly, I believe that God wants us. He, no question about it. He said, hey, church, Got to go forward. Got to move. Got to move. Got to move. Can't get bogged down with COVID. Can't get bogged down with businesses and schools being closed. Can't get bogged down. You got to continue to move forward to the place that I have called you to. Press toward Lamar, the high calling. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Brother Jacob, would you pray and dismiss us? Uh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity to step into your house. Thank you for recharging our batteries and giving us enough strength to make it through to Sunday. I pray that you guide our footsteps the rest of this week. I pray that you would, amen, that you would help us, that you would help me specifically keep me safe while I'm at work. Bless my foreman as he goes in for a surgery on Friday. I pray that you would Amen. Fill this place with your presence, not only today, but every time we step into this house. I pray that you would give us the same liberty that you have given me and that you would bless everyone as you have blessed me. Thank you for saving my life. Thank you for saving my family. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God.